On Blues podcast, part of the Locked On Live Network and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm Thomas Welch. I'm Josh Hyman. And we got some blues playoff hockey for you today. Oh, preview. baby. We are going to preview the Blues versus the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, we're also Woo! going to talk about the absolute marathon that happened last night in a five-game overtime between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Blue Jackets, as well as the rest of the games around the league. So, Josh, just uh, – uh, we got we delved into it a little bit last night, but what were your what were your immediate takeaways after the game was over? Besides, yeah, that? yeah. Um, so it was that game was interesting because, like, I feel like my dad made a good point. We were watching the game, um, and he he said like he he in having uh, college hockey season tickets uh, going to every championship. He said he's seen a lot of like these long marathon games over the years, and he says that the common thing is like once it gets to like two overtimes, three overtimes, the first five minutes of overtimes are when teams are going to score because they're going out there and they're, they're putting in that initial burst. And then if they don't score within that initial burst of energy, they kind of settle in and play exhausted hockey for the next 15 minutes. And I feel like that's kind of what we thought, saw last night is I feel like you watch these games at like the 12 minute mark of two OT or three OT. And you're like, okay, this is an ending in 12 minutes. You could just tell. Um, I, I feel like I could tell pretty early on that we were in there for the long haul, but uh, it was, it was an interesting, interesting ending to say the least. Yeah, I think things got a little, a little, maybe a little too sloppy, um, and I think that hurt Columbus a little more than it hurt Tampa. Yeah, um, there was uh, there was some complaining there about mm-hmm. officiating as well on a potential trip. Um, yeah. So we've been we've been talking about that all playoffs long. Now it's kind of <laughs> like dipping directly into results because that's, I mean, that's a whopper of a game, and you talk about turn the tides of momentum i don't like personally for me i don't see how the blue jackets can come back after essentially almost three games in one they expend all that energy um and they end up losing it's going to be tough to try and get the wheels back under them and turn the tides momentum back in their favor yeah for sure i mean and you look at their schedule before that they had played this was their fourth game in six days and now the third of their last four games to go to regular overtime, not three on three overtime, regular five on five overtime. So this, this is a very exhausted team. Um, and you know, you had a guy like Seth Jones playing an hour, <laughs> literally an hour. Absolutely. Um, Play full six and minutes, after right? the game, after the game, hey, Seth, you know, how are you there? He, he goes, I feel fine. <laughs> Absolute legend. Yeah. No, but I mean, you got guys playing an hour. You're 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 working your ass off, and then you know Cam Atkinson goes down on a breakaway, and Victor Hedman just tackles him from behind, and you're like, damn, okay, like that sucks. But interesting to note. That, interesting to note too. That would have been his first shot of the game. <laughs> yeah, that would have been his first shot of all the game. Man, ended up with a with man played like egg in three. Man games. played like forty five minutes of ice time. Yeah. Um, didn't get a single shot. No, but he definitely got hauled down, and it was sort of on turn with the, on pace with the way that they've been calling the rest of the overtimes. But then, what is it? Was it delay a game penalty? Right? Yeah, I think so. that that sort of gave Tampa the momentum they needed. So you got to be frustrated if you're John Tortorella. There is like you know, obviously the delay a game 
game penalty is the only one that's not up for up for discretion you know it's like you do this you get called and as much as it sucks and as much as it's like you know damn you shouldn't have flipped the puck over the glass it's got to feel shitty having that be the the backbreaker after three full hockey games worth where things have been getting you know teams have been getting away with very very borderline plays up until this point and then you you do something as mind mindless as that it costs you the game it, it's gotta leave a bad taste in your mouth yeah I, for I mean, sure I, personally i was fully expected pat maroon to pot the game winner just because recency bias um but yeah, brain point slams it home and then gets the coveted uh, <laughs> interview afterwards where he's just gasping for breath the entire time. I always think that's funny. God, how do you think those guys feel this morning? Oh, man, dude. Did I felt like crap this morning and I didn't even do anything. <laughs> yeah, you can even tell, dude. Like, after the, I think it was after like the second overtime you could tell like guys just looked like they had sand in their skates and they honestly at at some point they start looking like little toddlers out there just kind of like wobbling on the ice and like just kind of like getting the puck in and like as soon as they get a chance to shoot just throwing it on net hoping that oh yeah it's over but oh my god the amount of energy the amount of energy expent throughout that game is just probably the amount of energy I spend throughout a month. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it gets to, uh, it gets, it gets to the point where it's just pure, like pure exhaustion, visceral deep down, like desperation. Yeah. Like they're not, they're not running through the, the plays they wrote on the whiteboard before practice, all that shit. By the way, did you see the, the report that the blue jackets only had one meal that day at 9am? No, I did not. Yeah, that is I think Dubois said that after the game or something, or, or maybe it was Wierenski or something, but like the players only had one meal at 9 a.m. that morning. So it, it's it, – oh, I can't even and imagine. And exerted all of that energy. Can you imagine? Yeah. Like, uh, imagine how that's many calories they lost. That's dude. what um, – They probably lost uh, two pounds each. Pat Maroon's, Easy. Pat Maroon's wife, Francesca. Yeah. Name, yeah. Right? That's what she tweeted out. She she had one comment, and she, she said, poor Pat, he must be so hungry. <laughs> but, but yeah yeah absolutely those guys i mean i i remember the statistics we've seen on like how many calories they exert in just a, a 60 minute regular season game i can only imagine a five overtime grudge match day one of the nhl playoffs the, these oh yeah i mean oh. to put it in perspective i woke up uh early today to drive to springfield to look at a place uh to for an apartment for school signed it by the way love that a lot of stress off my mind drove three hours back drove three hours back ate two hot dogs that's all i've eaten today that's five yeah years. yeah he's running on I, that's right. what i'm saying i'm not saying i'm an, i'm putting out the energy that an nhl player is but i'm saying what we're 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 the same beast, you know. Same animal, yeah. different breed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a bunch of glizzy gladiators out exactly, trying to survive. Exactly. <laughs> oh my god. Um, yeah, it, it's ugh, five overtimes of hockey. I can't even begin to like comprehend. Hey, you know what? Zero fans went up and went to the exits before the end of that. So I, I honestly applaud. Also, though, zero fans applaud. got to witness that, which kind of <laughs> sucks, dude. 
But um, if you if you were if yeah. you're a fan of one of those teams and like essentially that would have been like a home game or something, just imagine like just sitting there and shaking back and forth in like a corner or something, like just praying, <laughs> just praying for a goal to happen. Like, dude, that would have been so cool. And the so war went, of the crowd eventually, like after Braden. Yeah, I mean, I know it was what two two thirty Eastern to. <laughs> 11 almost something like that i I don't even know it was like 10 o'clock maybe i I don't know (laughs) eight hours of of hockey um (laughs) you're 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 in it for the long haul if you're if there is a fan which you don't have to worry about but like the players the officials money's worth the broadcast crew got like traded out halfway through uh bruins game got rescheduled and then went to double overtime yeah um which what the what the hell? And there was also an officiating problem in that as well. There which, was, uh, there was. Oh, we'll get we can get into that. You know what? Let's have that be the first thing we talk about after this uh, after this break here coming up because uh, I've got some thoughts there. Um, but that being said, it is time for our first ad break. So I do want to tell you guys about our friends over at RockAuto.com. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use for other important things for mortgage or food, especially in a time like this when money is tight. So why would you choose to spend thirty? or even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership um, where you can get all the auto parts you will ever need at rockauto.com on your computer or in your pocket. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You can go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet, whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car and truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. We'll be right back with the second half of today's episode. All right, so we're we're what two 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 one in the Bruins Canes game. I don't know what the score is. Uh, I don't I don't really watch the clip. But as you alluded to, there are some officiating problems. Shot puck is bouncing up in the air. Bruins player maybe hits it with his glove. Lands on another Bruins player stick. Ends up on net. Marazic covers it up very briefly. Covers it up. Holds for a second. Puck squirts loose. Bruins bang into the empty net. Marazic got bumped into. He's complaining to the refs. Nobody knows what's going on. The refs get over to to Brindamore. I don't know. Was I, I wasn't watching? Did he challenge it? Did, were you? Uh, Brindamore. You... Brindamore did challenge it. Um, or and I actually have out. his. That that's that's the key here. Is I have his comments pulled up. So he yeah, said, yeah. So he says in the post game um, presser, uh, the guy comes to me and says it's either goalie interference because he has it and the guy knocked it out of his hand, or it's a glove hand pass. You got to pick one. Either way, it's a no goal. What you have to tell me what the call is. He's telling me to pick one. 
He goes on to say, he comes to me and says, pick one. I'm like, well, it's one of the two. There's absolutely no way that can be a goal. He's putting on me to pick it. Well, you tell me what you're calling. You're calling he had it. That's a fucking goalie interference. So he's arguing that either way, it doesn't really matter what the call on the ice was. It shouldn't be a goal, but it shouldn't be on the coach to decide what what he's challenging, essentially. To put that into perspective, my interpretation is the ref skates over and says, hey, man, to to Robert Murray goes, hey, buddy, you can challenge this for hand pass or you can challenge it for goalie interference. Whatever you challenge it for, we're probably going to wave it off or we're going to wave it off. But you got to pick. And Brendan Moore's like, what the hell? I don't know which one to pick. You're the official. That's your job. Why don't you just call things the way you see it? So he gets confused. He challenges it. It doesn't get reversed. Unlike apparent, according to him, the refs told him either way, it's no goal. So I guess in his mind now, he's like, wait, so if I had picked the other thing, I might have been correct. So he just feels like he got completely misrepresented. Yeah, the ref basically just come over and straight up lied to him and just completely misrepresented the situation. And now next thing you know... It's a goal, and Brenda Moore has no idea why. He thought it was certainly a no goal, and he's rightfully pissed. Now, regardless of what the referee may have told him, watching the goal, I do think, first of all, that it looked a little funky, that the potential hand pass, and I think we know all too well uh, the feeling of that. I don't think it was nearly as clear as the St. Louis one, but I you absolutely it, could have argued for it. I think the issue with the hand pass is that Mrazek covered it up afterwards. Right. So it negates essentially being able to challenge it for a hand pass because it's it's not a hand pass once Mrazic right. covers it up. The problem right. is but, the fact that Mrazic covered it up. Right. So Mrazic covers the puck and there's gets also, bumped, in, there's gets bumped also into by a Bruins player. Intent to blow is a thing as well right. that we've seen. Right. Oh my god, the most bullshit thing ever is we've seen we've seen goals waved off because a referee has been watching the play and sorta of puts the whistle towards his lips and then rules that as intent to blow. No goal, even though he literally did blow it. That's what happened with Nashville, right? Against Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah. They got a literal goal waved off because the ref thought about blowing the whistle, but didn't. So instead, the game goes to overtime. The Canes eventually lose. I believe it was 4 3, right? Was that yeah. Goal? Um, and Brendan Moore, he also went off on like the overhead rest and said the guys up there aren't putting any sweat equity into this game to decide the game. It's wrong. He doesn't tell me what the call on the ice is. If it's not a glove hand pass, I would have said, okay, then that's fucking goalie interference. So he's dropping obscenities as well. And, uh, I think it just came out that he got fined twenty five thousand. Yeah, he already got he already got fined twenty five k, and they've threatened him with an additional twenty five k if he continues to, I don't know, rightfully complain. I will um, say though, on on behalf of them, if there's there's a way to fire up your guys, I mean, we saw with the Blues, like the hand the whole hand pass situation. Oh yeah, the next game and just we're firing on all cylinders. So I feel like um, just kind of putting that persona of like everyone's against us, even the officials, like have it in for us the canes could come out next game and just absolutely slaughter the bruins yeah um and i think like you said it's it's really like a a firing up thing and once the the hand pass once all of that sort of wore off my next feeling after the pure anger and frustration and disbelief that i felt was confidence and determination was like okay there is no way that Blues are going to come out and, and and take that sitting down, and and they have they played their most dominant hockey in the games that followed. So, I do think 
you know, a time like that, you put your blood, sweat and tears into a double overtime game and, you know, you, you, or you don't have the, the greatest result in terms of officiating. And then you also happen to lose. There's reason to be frustrated there. You know, you say, I put my, we put our bodies on the line for what it almost a hundred minutes of hockey. There's some frustration there. So I wouldn't be surprised to see the Canes sort of come out and, and, and play with that fire. Like, I mean, they've, they've, they've really been able to play above their, above like their, their roster appearance on paper. Uh, they did that all last year too. Um, they, they showed a lot of chemistry as a group. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is a good, a good motivator to get back, to get back to that for them. Yeah. And uh, speaking of team chemistry, uh, I feel like if there's any team in this playoffs that, rise above and beyond in terms of team's chemistry. Uh, it's the St. Louis Blues. Yes, sir. So, it's finally time. Let's break down time, that series. Um, let's break it down. Yeah, let's go for some let's go for some initial thoughts. We'll we'll go to our second break and then we will uh, and then we'll wrap things up. But but first of all, I mean Blues Canucks starting tonight, ten thirty Eastern, nine thirty central. Um, my initial thoughts and I don't want to sound cocky. This is the Blues series to lose. Um, they go out. They play their game. They play the hockey that we know that they're capable of. They don't falter. They don't fall into Winnipeg's game. Blues in five. Blues in six-ish. Yeah, but, I'd have to agree. But that being said, I think Vancouver is a very scary, very flash-in-the-pan team. And if you go out there and even for one, two periods, one game, two games, you get mesmerized by Quinn Hughes and Elias Pettersson and fall into that sort of speed game that they're going to want to play, then I think Vancouver in six is a totally legitimate possibility because they have the ability to sort of catch you by surprise and catch you sleeping. So the Blues absolutely need to get to their game quickly, early, and consistently. Um, cannot play like they did in the first two games of the round robin, but I don't think that they will. But if they do, we could run into some trouble. But again, I think I think it's it, it, we're in a very fortunate position where we can say that I think comfortably and confidently that the St. Louis Blues are the better team in the series. Therefore, if they play to their full potential, they should win the series. But it's hockey, so who the hell knows? Yeah, I think That's for my, me, um, yeah. I'm gonna steal a I'm gonna steal a football term here. Okay. Um, but for the sake of this series, I believe for the Blues, uh, it's going to be one in the trenches. And that's mm-hmm. the, the bottom six lines. Um, but also, like, the key for them is going to be to shut down Elias Pettersson, who has 66 points on the season, and JT Miller, who has 72 points on the season. The closest Blues player this season to either of those two had 61 points, and that's Ryan O'Reilly. Um, so I think it just goes to show how much Vancouver relies on those top two lines for offensive power. Um, I don't believe their defense, even with Quinn Hughes, Quinn Hughes is an offensive defenseman. Let's right. He's got, he's got a minus 10 on the season. It's one of the worst. I mean, you can talk about plus minus being a meaningless stat, but that's one of the worst plus minuses on their team. So there's something to be said for that as well. Um, he is going to bring the offensive power, but in terms of defense, Defense, I feel like the Blues outmatch, like far outmatch Vancouver. Um, so if they can kind of tide the storm uh, with their first two lines and Elias Pettersson, Brock Besser, all those guys up top, um, they can take advantage of their depth and really, really stick it to them in the bottom six. So I feel like that will be the key to success for them in this series if they're going to take it, which I believe they will. 
Yeah, um, I agree. I, I definitely agree that, like I said, you you got to make sure you don't get mesmerized by those top two lines and you don't get stuck puck watching and puck chasing. I think that's been a, a problem with the Blues, I feel like, ever since the dawn of time. <laughs> um, is, is Sometimes they get stuck puck watching. That's probably a problem for every NHL team. Uh, but I feel like it's especially apparent with the Blues because they aren't – that speedy team that we see so much of today. Um, they, they sort of rely a lot more on their physicality and their, and their hockey IQ. So when they do puck watch, they don't have the legs to get them out of those situations as quickly as other teams. So when they puck watch, it really shows. Um, and this is a very dangerous team to do that against because they have some genius play playmakers in Elias Pedersen and JT Miller and, and, and Quinn Hughes and guys that can just absolutely dazzle with the puck. Um, so you got to really be on top of that. But that being said, it is it is a Vancouver team that isn't really built that that deep after after those guys that I just named. So if you do play consistent solid defense, turn that into consistent solid offense. Like Tommy said, it, it, uh, those are the keys to the series. That is that is what it'll take to win. Um, I do think I do think that they can come away with a win in this series. I can say that pretty comfortably and confidently. Um, I, again, I'll say, I'm going to say Blues in five, Blues in six. What's your prediction, Tommy? Uh, I'll say I'll say Real Blues quick. in six just to just to keep it safe. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think there's honestly uh, there's not a reason that we couldn't sweep this team. Um, but. I don't know. I feel like there's going to be one or two games where the Blues struggle to find their game and keep their game consistently for the entire time. I feel like we've we've seen them struggle with that, specifically in the second period, where it's kind of like that link between the beginning of the game and the end game, and to kind of bridge that momentum. I feel like they've struggled with in the past. In the past, um, so maybe they drop one or two games um, just for the sake of not keeping up in that regard. Um, but I think it's important to note too, that, uh, when we talk about like game breakers, uh, I believe Elias Pedersen is a game breaker. He can, he can dictate the pace of the game. Um, so I would not be surprised in the slightest to see Craig Berube match up Ryan O'Reilly against him all day long. Not at all. Stifle him left and right because, not at all. I feel like like we've said, I feel like Craig Berube thinks it's too, um, that that's the key basically to winning this series is shutting down their offensive problems. Yeah, so. Absolutely. All right, we're going to take one more short break and then we'll be right back. We will get into the specifics of nitty gritties of tonight's game. <laughs> All right, Tommy, we are T minus about four hours till puck drop. Um, Jordan Biddington is taking on Jacob Markstrom in goal. Blues, Canucks, game number one. Give me your thoughts. Give me your locked on player of the game and give me your score prediction for tonight. I want to know. I want it all. Score prediction. Okay, I gotta think. Yeah, about- yeah. I'm gonna. I'm really asking. I'm really asking us to give lots of material to be wrong about and be. <laughs> I do. I do have my locked on player, and I'm gonna go the easy route here. But I have a lot. I have very good reasons behind. Shoot, why shoot. I, I, I might regret letting you go first, but okay. all right. So my locked on player, because I feel like the Blues, defensively and sort of offensively, can match up with the Blues. I mean, with the. Canucks top two lines. Yeah, they can match up with themselves. No, with the Canucks top two lines. Um, I'm going to choose someone on 
the bottom six lines for my locked-on player in the game. And this player in particular has been dazzling with skill Ooh. since the comeback to the season. Um, we know him, we love him. He's an absolute phenom. And my locked-on player of the game is going to be Robert Thomas. Ooh, we love it. But if yeah. he moves, if they move him up to a top six role um, yeah. and move Braden Shen down or whatever have you, then it, it could be Braden Shen. We'll see. Whatever that third line center is, uh, is, is my locked on player of the game. Right. And I think that's a really good choice. I think that, um, like you said, the, the top two lines of Vancouver are really scary, but then their depth is where it starts to get a little weaker. Um, so I do think our third line center, our third line offense is where we can kind of tip the scale. So if Robert Thomas or Braden Shen is that third line sort of dynamic player that we're going out and matching up against their third line or their second line, whatever have you, um, it could be a big difference maker for sure. Um, my pick for lockdown player of the game, I'm going to go a slightly different route. I'm going to go keep, stay on the offensive end, but I'm going to highlight more of just a superstar dynamic player. I think that, well, Elias Pedersen is a game breaker um, and can dictate the pace of the game. There is one player that I think is pretty close to that on, on the Blues offensive end, not necessarily a game breaker in terms of he's going to be out there just holding the puck for a full full shift and making something happen. But he's going to go out there, and, and when he's on his game, he's someone you always got to keep an eye on. And that is number 91, the Russian sniper, Vladimir Tarasenko, coming back from injury, hasn't played in a very long time, getting up the speed in the round-robin games, hasn't didn't really look his best, but he's got to be hungry he's got to be ready to to go out there and dominate and he's definitely been able to dominate in games um you know when he puts up two or three goals and throws a lot of hits he's he's definitely been able to be a, a real factor every single time he's on the ice and i think he's gonna be really hungry to to sort of get get himself back in the swing of things and get his name back out there and and, and put one in the back of the net for the first time in a long time so i i think he's gonna be he's gonna be a really big uh, player for the blues in the series and i think tonight is a great great opportunity for him to prove himself and come out of the gates firing so Vladimir Tarasenko, lockdown player of the game. Lock like it in. That. I like that. That's a great score prediction, which I know you happen to dance around. Oh, I forgot. I'm gonna give, I forgot about the score prediction. I'm going to give mine. Um, I have no idea. I'm going to go. I say three to one. Three to one. Three to one blues. I'm going to go four to two with an empty netter. Blues. Um, uh, I think Tarasenko gets. Two, maybe one's an empty netter. I think Robert Thomas gets one at least. You think RT gets one? I think Pastro gets one too. Let's call that two Tarasenko, one Robert Thomas, one Alex Petrangelo. All right, four two. Go for the go for the clean sweep here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Board. Yep, and we will be we. And if we are wrong about any of this, um, please tweet at us and just let us know. Um, kidding, of course, we're not going to get any of this right. But yeah, it's going to be a good series. I'm really excited. Um, watching playoff hockey these past few days has given me everything I want in playoff hockey, without even without fans um, and without my team being in the games. So I can only imagine what it's going to be like tonight. Uh, drink your coffee, get get some Red Bull pounded down. It's get a late beer, one. Beer, boys. <laughs> Playoff hockey's back. Some beer. Some down. That's what I'm going to be doing. Oh yeah, um, it's going to be a good. It's going to be a good night. It's a late one, of course, so we got to get ready for that. I'm going to be, I'm going to be be staying awake for it um, on the East Coast here. It's 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 going to be a uh, pushing be into the. A, it's going to be pushing into the AMs for me. But <laughs> not, nothing I'm not used to. Stay strong, soldier. Oh yeah, we'll get through it. Um, 
All right. Thanks, everybody, so much for listening today. It's, it's been a fun week so far. I'm really having a blast recording these episodes. I don't know about you, Tommy. Oh, my um, God. I, I can't it, wait to put the, put the flow in about our prediction. Yeah. Oh yeah, flowing like flowing like I don't know what flows, Flo- flowing like flowing like butter, like Brock Besser's hair. Can we say flowing that? like Brock Besser's hair? Ugh. Flowing like my hair. <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know if you've seen the lettuce lately, but uh, I'm growing mine out too, actually. Oh yeah, it's getting it's getting real rough. I'll, I'll maybe I'll have to maybe we'll have to uh, get the get the locked on blues lettuce. Uh, get the flow watch going on, right. on Twitter. Yeah, I don't know. What, I don't know what Joey's up to, but just <laughs> just just. Just not pic- growing his hair out. Just picturing Joey with lettuce is 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 really funny. <laughs> <laughs> File that under cursed images right there. Holy shit. <laughs> oh my god! I, I always got like the little like the little exhaust pipes that. Oh my bump. god! Oh my god! <laughs> Matching Chuck's hair, dude. Oh my god! <laughs> He's got the pipes on the side. Dude looks nasty. <laughs> That's kind of what I've got right now, dude. My hair's a mess. It's it's real long and curly, but I'm going with it. I like it. Um, it would it would look nice under a under a helmet, under a, under a bucket, flicking out the sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got I'm wearing a hat. I gotta wear a lot of hats now because or else it gets in my eyes. But it definitely flicks out the sides. I I, I have the Matthew Kachuk hair. I'll be honest. Um, but yeah, it's. It's been an exciting few days. Um, it's been an exciting few episodes. I hope you guys have enjoyed. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter to stay updated at Lockdown Blues. Follow me on Twitter at Josh Hyman NHL. Follow Tommy at T Welcher fifteen. And yeah, stay tuned for more wonderful episodes this week. Tweet at us tonight during the game. We're going to be sharing our thoughts and opinions and yeah, frustrations. If you, and if you see something you disagree with, uh, no, you didn't. No, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. If you see something you disagree, disagree with, uh, just let us know. We can talk it out. I can tell you why you're wrong. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, definitely, definitely get engaged with us. We love, we love that on Twitter for sure. Um, so yeah, check us out there. Stay tuned for. A few-